0: Mighty sense tingling. Hell out. He's the host that's got some amazing things planned for you for episodes 201 and 202. He's Slim. This is your Paper Cake Podcast. One final time. Episode 199 Welcome to the show
1: The pent-ultimate Road to 200 episode One of the biggest shows in history It's Yeej Book Club App 52 Volume
2: 1 Rucka Blake Morrison Gia Jones
1: Paper Keg is a podcast where three dear friends, they go through life, you know, every day, and then they gather once a week to talk about the books that they've read. And then they do a book club book. And then we'll read your letters live to close out the show. Episode 200 is right around the corner. So we'll introduce the host, Dale underscore A. He is... Look at him. He's dancing
2: on YouTube right now. He's feeling it. My face is fatter, obviously. Uh, Or Slim wouldn't have brought it up before we went live
1: on the era. Listen, I didn't I didn't say that specifically. I just asked when the last
2: time Dale was on the elliptical. I
1: haven't seen any tweets this about ellipticaling Dale's, Dale's, Dale's this fat is jowls.
2: I should have put that in my my underneath there on Google Hangouts.
1: This is how we progress as a, as friends. You know, I'm asking you for updates on your workouts. You're doing it socially.
2: This is how it works welcome back it is to the great to be back I missed you guys you know you're my outlet I am sitting here with a, a, a myriad of tools around me off screen uh, wife is in Florida at a bachelorette party for the weekend baby monitor is going to be a special guest host on this show this evening I will be staring at it for most of the evening because chances are one of my little toddlers will be tramps on down the stairs and greeting us live on the air. (laughs) I
1: look forward to that moment. And not only is this the road to 200, 200th episode who would have thunk it, but summer, you know, the springtime, the weather is getting nicer. We're getting that much closer to hashtag Dale's five K. Oh yeah. Dale will be running a five K Maybe we should periscope it. I'll attach my phone to my forehead. It's going to be amazing. Stay tuned.
0: Maybe we can get a show sponsored GoPro here. Paper
1: Keg branded GoPro.
2: GoPro for all your camera needs. We love GoPro here. At PaperKeg.com. Sidebar, The uh, yesterday I went to the Cape May County Zoo today. And yesterday they had a 5K at that zoo. I was like, if I would have known, maybe I would have went to that 5K.
1: Yeah. Really? Final living host, voted least popular in show history. He's back once again. He's going on a vacation from the show for a little while, soon. He needs to take some time off, re-energize, reflect. He made a a yidge announcement this week on Twitter. Jonesy Loves Beer, welcome back.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am forced uh, for two weeks to go to uh, Chicago against my will issued a computer that I didn't want. I mean, it's tough here, uh, but there's a bright spot. And I did make a huge announcement on the Twitter this week that Dale has watched at least one episode of Daredevil, and I can finally talk about it in the fireside, and I am Mm -hmm, super excited. And I think I got 25 faves on that tweet, so Dale, you're you're under the gun here. You have to be ready to talk about it. Then also... Maybe my wife is going to have my second child. Wow. 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 Whoa! So, you know. Huge. Yeah. November Congratulations, Jonesy. Thank you.
1: And, I, you know, when you had, you tried to video chat me earlier and you eventually texted me the news, there was one thing that came to mind when you had told me the news and it was about paper keg. <laughs> and that was it. I thought that was the end. You know, Dale barely holding it together with two kids for Paper Keg. Now you, who reads three weeks out. <laughs> <laughs> what is this what
0: does this mean for Paper Keg? Let's be honest, if Dale as Michael Keaton in Mr. Mom can keep his S together, in order to read about 15 to 28 minutes out from the show, <laughs> what we need to read, I think I can compromise my four or five nights ahead right. of time to, uh, to read for this show. In fact, uh, you know, I, I don't think it would be good for the morale of this household if I were to quit paper keg. It's something keeping the shreds of my sanity together like so much glue. So you know, before you end the show at two oh one, when I can't stop you, <laughs> and I'll be you know five or six states away, just remember you you know you cradle the fragile psyche of one Papa JLB. Papa JLB. JLB. Your
1: hands. <laughs> that was Jansie's three AM college radio gig. I think. <laughs> Who's your when now was spinning tunes? Papa JLB. When is the the due date? Have we timed what episode we will be
0: on? Uh, no, what, what it'll probably be like two fifty, and you guys will be like, "I can't believe you're taking the show off to have your kid." What a J bag, mm-hmm. or whatever you guys say when I'm not in the chat room. Esbird, right? Uh, I believe <laughs> November, <laughs> but November the tenth is when the, the second child.
1: How did child we finagle Reed's birth? Uh, Dale's youngest for the show. What was the scheduling for that like?
0: I, I don't think, even... I'm gonna be honest um, with you. I don't think I took a week off. I I don't even... I don't. No, oh. I, 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 I want to say you did not take that week wow. off. Much to uh, Mrs. Underscore's chagrin, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I just left what? her with both kids, you know, on her lap,
2: sucking on her teats as we, uh, I don't know. <laughs> just, oh, God. <laughs> as I left her a complete... You know, I just came down here. No, wait. The proverbial, literal teats of Mrs. Anderson. Now I was able to, you know, slip on downstairs and and record this sucker while maybe Reed was in between screams when he was an infant, which carried over into toddlerhood Mm -hmm. as he screams all weekend long, and my wife is out of town, and I just, I don't know what to do.
0: At a bachelorette party she had to fly to? Is that a real That's thing? That people, you know, do? the the upper crust
2: of uh the Boston Elite, the Boston Elite, they choose to go to Florida <laughs> instead
0: of just uh, you know, Atlantic City like we do around here. <laughs> you know, speaking of Boston and huge deals and jet setting, two of our special friends of the show, uh Chris Ramsden and Karate Chop himself, had a unofficial papercag meetup this past weekend. And uh, darn if I didn't want to hop on some sort of train and show up at 4 a.m. for a toast and get on that same train and come back. So you'd be one of those Boston elite socialites, mm-hmm. like uh, Dale's wife. Listen, I didn't get a sweatpants all weekend, so let's not stretch the word socialite too thin here, <laughs> fellas.
2: And also, uh, to um, along with the unofficial paper keg meetup, this will air probably during or after, but... Best of luck to Chris Ramsden. He is running in the Boston Marathon, which is huge, huge. Oh boy, oh. So for
0: him, is his life, uh, his life, <laughs> his wife at Lula Gal running with him? Is she a runner as well?
1: It's a little inside yeah, baseball. I'm not, I'm not sure the yeah, answer to that question. Personal. Is that too he inside baseball? If, if he's not that's here, anyone else can talk about. Someone to name on drop the air, then it probably Listen, shouldn't.
0: Listen, guys, <laughs> I, I got blinders on. Let's just move. Let's just move it on. I can't. I can't even rally it in. This what a is piece a, of human this garbage.
1: Is a, this is a book club app. Jonesy is human <laughs> garbage. We'll be talking about New Fifty Two Volume One next episode, episode two hundred, Baltimore. Mm, I believe it's issues 1 through 23. Whatever is the last completed
0: b- uh, story. Maybe the story. of St. August is the last completed story. Okay. I believe that's issues 22 and 23, or 24 and 25. Maybe we'll have uh, detailed notes in the show notes for that. Which mm. will be recorded mm. on Wednesday. Oh, way, <laughs> So get to reading, folks.
1: <laughs> so we have three nights to fi- start and finish. Jonesy's probably already read it a yeah, hundred times Jonesy. over. <laughs> it's old hat for him. Oh Hagus. And then uh the week the weeks after that, 201, Jonesy will be out of town. My beautiful, lovely wife at amenity will be sitting in trying to fill Jonesy's two pairs of socks and shoes. And, and we'll, can you we'll,
0: spoil the book club? I, to be honest, I'm not even certain what the book clubs are. Because I had heard about the book club and I was hotly excited for you. Really?
2: Yes. You you heard about the book club wow.
0: that you mm-hmm. recommended we do while you go, <laughs> uh, Dale? Can I just pass you a sledgehammer so you can just break the fourth wall? I mean, or just build a window through it? God, let's. We need to move on. We got a huge
1: DC book. A lot of. That's what uh, I'm trying to stall lot of, oh, oh, oh boy, Jonesy <laughs> setting the stage. Gen Z, we haven't gotten into it yet. You cannot reveal <laughs> your opinions until after your synopsis, but maybe we should get into it right now. Gen Z did not like uh, 52 volume one.
0: I never said that. I said, you know, I was stalling for whatever reason.
1: <laughs> I, I knew that there was a, did we have a G chat that we chat in? Jonesy uh, tried to gauge interest in a book club episode while he was ahead of us before Dale and I had, had either started. He said, I think you, you re- re- refer to the book as a slog.
0: I said "Sloggish." ish Slog-ish. <laughs> slog-ish. <laughs> See, I usually, th- folks, this is how it works. You know, I typically read the book four or five days before they do. They like to read their books on trains the day of or t- some kind of four screen uh, scenario uh, at their home desk and uh you know what i do is i start reading and then sometimes i get them totally off guard by like saying the page count and they're shocked by this info <laughs> or i say hey it's a long read a lot of dialogue and they're like you're dumb we're just going to read it 5 minutes for the show and we'll be fine i can't i can't do that folks i can't retain that kind of information nor can i you know, read at any kind of fast human rate. I'm like a small child when it comes to the amount I can read, so I have to do it early. So then, what is that? I mean, once that other kid pops out,
1: Jonesy Junior, Double J, it's going to be. I mean, what's the scenario where you fit in that five day early reading? Because you, you just said To yourself, you can't
0: do last minute reading. That's well, it. I, you know, I have uh, you know, a trick up my sleeve. Drugs, Drugs. that. <laughs> Every one of my family goes to bed at nine except for me. So, you know, when everybody I tuck everybody in and I go back downstairs and I get in my you know, my lounger with my new half double designs blanket that I love chucked up plug. under my chin and I just uh you know, get that iPad out and I, I read. I just read all night. Hmm. And it's worth every minute. What is uh
1: 52 Volume 1 from DC Comics. Jonesy loves beer.
0: All right, so fresh off uh, a crisis, um, the DC has pushed their Holy Trinity to the limits. Uh, You know, Superman flew Superboy Prime through the red sun of Krypton, so he's tapped out, he's got no juice. Uh, Batman built a satellite called The Eye that was tracking all of his superhero buddies, so they all kind of hate him. So he's like, I'm going to take the Bat family and retrace my roots through, you know, my training with them to be a better guy. And Wonder Woman, I think, snaps some dude's neck on live television. So she's got to go work out her, you know, anger issues. So the top three... DC superheroes, you know, they all take a beat. And so what happens is uh, every other hero left, well, not every other hero, but most other heroes kind of get a showcase for the next year of DC Comics. So I believe, I mean, it was it was a lot of issues that had to be going on for more than uh, one year. But, you know, each issue that we're reading is like week 52. one, week two, week three, week four. Fifty-two total. Did did it come out weekly? Yeah, like I it don't it even came it out weekly. This book yeah, for, for an entire year. So how they ha- <laughs> how they were able to do this was they got some five to six star ability writing writers, and those writers are Greg Rucka, personal favorite of this show. Uh, also Geoff Johns, a DC architect of a Generation. Uh, a super famous Mark Wade uh, who is currently enjoying much success on that Daredevil run and a sort of good writer named Grant Morrison that some people enjoy the way he writes (laughs) and they all got together and pumped out some stories for 52 issues uh, of what the what does DC without the top three look like what does that even you know what does that even feel like so what you have is a, a rope made of the strands of different cities, different heroes, different side characters. I mean, Ruck is back with M- Rene Montoya working with The Question, who is like a, a, a spirit-esque detective without a face. Uh, there's Black Adam, who you may not know is the supervillain equivalent of Captain Marvel. You know, he started or, or rather rediscovered this um, North African nation called, I think it's Kadak, And that's like he's a leader now and he's kind of got this axis, uh, you know, China, Russia, like all these anti-American power superheroes flocking to his banner. And you have um, uh, Matt's favorite, oh, I'm sorry, swoo, breaking the fourth wall, Slim's favorite, uh, Booster Gold is out to correct or solve some kind of time-related mumbo-jumbo as, as he uh, tries to fill Superman's shoes. You have John Henry Irons, steal himself, and some family drama related to Lex Luthor. And you just have... There's a lot. There's a lot going on. A, there's a lot. There's a, lot. There, there's a weaving mm-hmm. of the second stringers uh, as they try to keep the world spinning why the top three superheroes in the world negligently take a much-needed vacation uh, dc 52 as it were what a book
1: 12 13 issues we read i was a jury duty and so i read it during the day not only that but i read a whole other graphic novel seconds by brian lee o'malley so wow. I read a ton of pages wow. this week. Wow. Ne- never your, experienced anything like it. That's incredible.
0: Was Was it rejuvenating to you? Did it get you back into <sighs> comics as a medium?
1: St- stay, stay tuned when Gen Z is away for two episodes. We'll find out.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, <laughs> so, so Gen Z, did, you, did your opinion shift? You mentioned it's a slog. It's got Grant Mars and It's DC. What is your what's your opinion of this of this first trade of a fifty-two issue weekly series from DC, your your top thirty publisher?
0: <laughs> Number twenty-eight. Uh no, all right. Here we go. So I think that any one of these stories told separately, with the exception of the steel stories, I really didn't get into that as much. But anything else? I think, branded separately, it might have been the ultimate collected runs of each their character. I think if there had been a Black Adam solo title where he was the struggling ruler of a nation, or if there was, God, I I want a Rene Montoya solo comic so bad if if that was this comic. uh, Separately, I think these could have been milestones in the DC Universe, the books that everyone talked about. Together, though, even though I was reading it in one volume, it was so hard to keep up with what everybody was doing. And I found myself, which I never do, was tapping on complexology to get the grid up and swiping back up to previous pages to find the character that I was right. reading and having to read again because I just couldn't follow. And maybe maybe that's you know my failing as a reader, but it was difficult to keep all of it in my head. I think the only thing I really paid attention to was the Renee storyline, just because I, you know, beloved character, beloved run for me. And I also really dug the Black Adam stuff, but I didn't know, like, I don't know anything about Captain Marvel or Shazam the Wizard or any kind of things they made reference to, the Seven Deadly Sins. So I don't know if that was lame or not, and I don't know if Captain Marvel fans were upset. I just thought... Black Adam is trying to finally do something good but of course he can only do it the wrong way storyline really mm-hmm. good I just as as a, a threaded single issue book where it tries to tell too many stories like I can't even fathom trying to read it weekly hmm. or, or if God forbid you missed an issue because you just you missed like five pivotal things that happen in the life of each character and I just don't know if that's the kind of storytelling that would have kept me in reading the first time. This Even is regarded I was as,
1: as it for DC fans. Everyone loves Fifty Two, Kenzie.
0: Well, I mean, you, c- I- you can understand why by my description, right? All those uh, writers, Grant Morrison aside, all those pivotal character moments. I mean, it's got you know all the trappings of you know, maybe the best DC series not to feature Batman or Superman of all time. It's just it's for me, it's not branded for a guy like me. Like, I can't really tell you much about DC's history. I have some hallmark favorite stories that I absolutely love. But if you were to sit me in a chair and be like, all right, plot out Batman storylines for the last 10 years, I, I can't do it. So this was not a title that was meant for me to come in and experience the DCU for the first time. Because it references the previous crisis, like if you didn't know who Ralph Dibney was and and, like, if you had not read identity crisis, you would be absolutely lost as to why this cult has stolen his wife. And why is he investigating power girl or even who the H power girl is. So like, it, it was not a book to bring in new readers. It was absolutely a Dan didio editorially controlled. Let's just get the power pack of DC writers and tell the stories that the fans want to see. And that's great for somebody who's a DC fan. And that I am not saying that sarcastically at all. I hold back all venom for DC. I think it's... Jones.
1: we need to move on. I feel like, no offense, but I feel like you've been talking for 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) We need to move on to someone else. I'll see you guys later. All right, thanks for coming. Uh, Dale, had, had you read this when it came um, out i i, remember I hadn't had. read
2: it when it came out but i think when I, when the fir, when the trades first came out i read 52 in one sitting well over one wow. weekend i was at a bed and breakfast with oh, my okay. lady and i it was raining <laughs> oh. and you were like let me read 52 issues of a comic book as opposed to <laughs> uh, i mean <laughs> whatever ve- anyone venom. does at a bed that's and
1: breakfast trafics. i don't know what they do there who knows
0: inappropriate um, jackie <laughs> The human trash bag. <laughs> this bird.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've, I previously read 52, and be, then I was way removed from DC. I mean, other than Batman, Superman, what does one know of DC really? Anybody. Ask anybody, they don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> I was like, this thing is much touted, and I didn't even know these the caliber of the writers then. This was... Uh, you know back when i was first getting back into comics and i just i knew the names but i didn't know <clears throat> like basically from paper keg i now hold most of these writers on such high esteem i'm i'm like i look at the the writing team on 52 and i'm like holy crap this the caliber mm-hmm. is just
1: it's it, unheard of it might it'll probably never
2: it's happen absolutely again absolutely unheard ever. of Absolutely. It's it's crazy. It, and it gives me chills to think about the amazing talent that we're, we're pumping stories into this thing.
1: Yeah. There's something brewing in betwixt your legs oh, when you read the indice. I, I need
2: to get some, uh, you know, some, some... Body glide? Body glide and some frozen <laughs> peas, those sort of things. <laughs> <laughs> so 52 volume one is... Jonesy is... Every a lot of what Jonesy said was right. If you were able to hang on that long for why he was talking,
0: or if you weren't putting a headshot of him on your target sheet, <laughs> you know it your throws
2: you. It throws you right into chaos. Right for after Infinite Crisis, I believe. Which I don't. I don't think I read Infinite Crisis. Uh, I read Identity Crisis. I think at the time, maybe I didn't. Right or, or I knew about it, but I must. I think. Rereading the first issue or two, I very I felt very overwhelmed, very sloggy. Even the second time reading through, but by the time I was finished the issue, I was like, "Man, this is." I forgot how much I loved this book because you in the first thirteen issues, you you kind of are able to sort out in your mind, at least my mind. I was able to sort everything out and uh, get caught up with everybody by the time, and you still have, you know, another 30-some issues to go. So this is definitely a, uh, uh, you're jumping into the pool head first, but, you know, there's, there is, uh, there are kickboards in the pool waiting for you when you jump in, because by the end, at least by the end of the 13 issues, you're pretty well uh, oiled on what's going on with each of the storylines. And I I just love so much about, characters that i don't give a crap about yeah everything all the storylines in the the books and uh you know of course renee montoya and the question like we if i remember correctly like one of the last three or four issues of gotham central was an infinite crisis tie-in so this is like hot Mm -hmm. off the heels of what we read from gotham central Right, it,
1: it could have. You could start it as like a continuation because Renee quits, and it's like right after she quits, she's just drinking her mm-hmm. life away. Her girlfriend has left her, and it's it's, it's right. Yeah, after and it was that. an
2: amazing point of reference to be able to check out her storyline. And as we read Gotham Central, I was like, holy crap! I know everything about <laughs> Renee Mont. Like, I know what's going on in her life right now, and why she shuts. She sh- she, sh- she is such a mess.
1: Yeah. But the the one that I grabbed was the yeah, well I guess it's probably the one that we all read, but the trade that was released on Comixology, disclaimer I work for Comicsology, which I guess was a, a recent release because it has bonus content after each issue with like little mini Oh okay statements or little quotes from the writers. So the first issue I think has Didio talking for a page about the process the next issue might have like weight. I was going
2: to ask you about that because I have the, uh, I had the trades from when they were released back in like 07. And after each issue is the same thing. And I was curious if they were released okay. like that in digital, because I was checking out the Omnibus after reading this, this volume one trade, I, I was like pricing up the Omnibus and the Omnibus, they left all that out in the Omnibus. That hurts.
1: No, but it's so good because actually that makes sense because I was wondering when they did these interviews Because mark wade kind of isn't in favor with dc so i doubt it was like last month they asked him hey you want to do some quotes (laughs) for our new fit or 52 trade and i i don't imagine that conversation ever took place so i guess it is kind of older but it was sometime after the series had come out and they're super interesting about how they talk about how they got on weekly conference calls with all the writers planning out their story beats and which I totally forgot was Steven Wacker had edited the whole thing when he was there at DC. Which is super cool. So super genius Steve Wacker on the board. But um I loved it. Loved yeah, the trade. high five. Loved loved reading it. Every D C fan tells you to read
2: fifty two and I'm always like,
1: Yeah, whatever, get <laughs> out of here. You stink. I'm like, I'm, it's yeah.
2: because it's a commitment. Right, I mean, you're committing yourself. Whether you're a DC fan, it's even worse if you're not a DC fan. But you're about to read. If you're going to read the first volume, you're basically gearing up to read fifty two issues, or you're not going to read any of them. Like you're committing mm-hmm. yourself, and yeah, absolutely, it's
1: a huge commitment. And and I think the story behind the book was just as interesting to me. So reading the the like the writing from the writers, and then also Keith Giffen, who had done, since it was a weekly book, they had him do breakdowns of the art. And then they had another guy come over and do finishes. And the art from Joe Bennett, who did finishes, I think, for the first three or four issues, was really good. I was actually surprised the level of quality art they had in the first couple issues. And then they had to, obviously, due to time, they had to get different artists come in, um like Todd knock who probably more known now recently did the nightcrawler series with Chris Claremont mm-hmm. was to yeah. the tail end of this book, I think. But so he, they had included pages from Keith Giffen, like the breakdowns of this page compared to what it looked like afterward. And I was fascinated by that. Like, and he, Keith Giffen's art in these breakdown pages were like Bruce, Tim esque storyboard art like he essentially storyboarded the page and then they had another artist come over and just use that as a guideline to, to finish. And it wasn't exactly like hardcore breakdowns where the, the the penciler came in and just drew over that, like, uh, like identically there was changes that were, that were pretty interesting, but that just, it fascinated me so much that like, I I couldn't understand the planning and the time it went in from Keith Giffen to finish it. Um, but it was really cool to see him kind of throughout the trade. He, every time, every issue he had a little speech bubble or page. He talked about how he didn't think they were ever going to complete it or like it was never going to be a home run or he was still very trepidatious about whether or not it was going to be any good. And he said that like, it was like that until the 52nd issue where he just was worried. Yeah. I
2: mean, it's, you got four guys, like trying to plot out fifty-two issues, and they and with multiple storylines, it's not like it's it's a Rene Montoya fifty-two issue weekly book. There's there's mm. six or seven concurrent storylines through these issues, and so they have to like divvy out page page usage in each issue. It's got to be it had to be a mm. logistical nightmare. Like Stephen Wacker pull, pulling all that together.
1: Yeah, and they even said, I think, at the end of Volume 1 where they stopped doing the weekly teleconferences and they changed their style up more so that I think maybe the Like, I'll I'll find out. Maybe Dale knows more about how they changed, but it was a total collaborative process for all those issues, and and certain pages they would just change and give to other writers. So you can't really know in that trade, like, who wrote this issue or who wrote this page. You kind of don't even know because they're all four credited as the writers of Mm -hmm. the book in its entirety. So there's no kind of like pages three through seven Rucka or what, or what have you. It's, I, I I couldn't wrap my head around it, but, um, you know, booster gold, total, you know, dud character (laughs) that I've taken many dirts over the years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, amazing. The character was amazing in this book, seeing him fill in for Superman, And maybe if you hadn't read it, but he's this he's billed as someone who came back, I think, from the 25th century with this sidekick orb robot who's not unlike, you know, the destiny slash computer from Halo, who knows what's happening in the future. So he tells Booster Gold to go here and stop this plane crash, but he never really talks about what's happening too far into the future, like anything, you know, that he should know about in advance besides looking great in front of the public And Booster Gold is this egotistical jerk who eats it up and does it for PR. And really, really great. Mm -hmm. I loved reading his stuff. And, you know, I joke with my wife about how I change my mind on things now that I'm older. And I'm okay with people taking pictures of their iPads, even though I was so hardcore against that Mm -hmm. back in the day. And I'm totally fine with it now. And this is just another one of those instances where I've finally changed my mind on something that I was so dead set against. But I, lo- I loved it, loved everything about it. Couldn't believe it. Just,
2: it's just by th- I mean, and the first like the first issue is just like what did I get myself into? Because there's it's just. It's almost like you know you're a first responder on the scene, and you're just like the chaos has happened, and you're chaos, just chaos, yeah. You're just don't even know how to wrap your head around what is going on. There's you know superhero cleanup and and all this stuff, but there's like you know people jettisoned out in the space, and they might not be able to get home, and you're just not quite sure why. But eventually, that is just that's the jumping on point. Like you know, okay, so you don't know how they were lost in space, but now there's. An issue where three, you know, Adam Strange, Animal Man, randomly, and Starfire are stuck, marooned out in space, and their journey for the next fifty-two issues is ha- where do they go from here? They got there, like hmm. the way, that's the way I dealt with. It's like okay, yeah. they're there, they they got marooned. What do they do now? Like it, that's the past. How they got there is irrelevant to this story. And I think some of the
1: negatives that i've had for dc forever like the goofy character names that have just kind of stuck over the years and they're just goofy costumes and everything that's just you know it hasn't changed that's all still there oh yeah and it kind of just you know it's thick there there's a ton of it but i didn't it didn't overshadow any anything else in the book which was a huge plus like the steel storyline with uh his niece i don't think it's his daughter yeah it's his um, niece. He built her a suit of armor, so she's kind of a superhero, but she doesn't take it seriously, so he removes the armor from her and tells her she has to make her own and earn it, and she eventually does it, doesn't. And she? Or she tries and then fails, and then uh, something happens with steel and some organic armor, so she thinks he's taking an easier way out while giving her a hard time, so she goes to Luthor to take the easy way out herself and then turns into kind of like almost a villain you know fighting against a relative i was like holy smokes this is crazy how this young girl who was well i felt Steele was doing the totally right thing maybe a little more stern than than i would she, have but it definitely backfired in his
2: face when she teams up with luthor to fight yeah, him. and she like pounds his face into the pavement i mean
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the 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 ralph uh, elastic man stuff turns out was right like if you had not read um Identity Crisis. You probably would have no idea what was going on there. I'm not sure if they even really referenced it mm-hmm. outside of you know your your dead wife or something Ooh. happened. Your dead wife killed by X, which I don't even think happened in Identity Crisis. Did she get killed in Identity Crisis?
0: Oh yeah, that was oh, yeah. the whole plot was that she was dead and that the Adams' wife had done it. Oh, I thought she was the
1: I got Didnby's wife confused with the Adams' wife. The Adams' wife. No. Oh. Yeah.
0: Damn. Uh, and how about the uh, the final page of the first volume where, so there's this plot where Pat Wonder Girl uh, has, who's the, I guess, Teen Titan equivalent of uh, Wonder Woman, has started a cult, a Kryptonian cult in order to resurrect uh, Con L, who was Superboy, I guess, who was killed by the bad Superboy of the last arc. So she creates this cult in order to resurrect him from the dead. And their trial run <laughs> is Sue Dibney. Like, their their test run for all this, you know, experimenting they're going to do is, uh, you know, Elongated Man's wife. So, you know, the whole arc is that uh, he has gathered these friends of, you know, JSA members with him. Uh, they He fakes that he is going to let them try, they infiltrate the cult and at the last minute, you know, he springs in a trap and they all, they kind of break it up because they, they see it as unnatural and, you know, they all know that through magic dark things happen when you play with life and death. And so as the elongated man is sure that he's done the right thing, this kind of straw puppet that they made, like with just a likeness of her and the wedding ring, their wedding ring, uh, comes to life. And she, like, calls his name and tries to crawl oh, man. towards he, him. The, the imagery of the straw breaks, woman crawling towards him
2: in the fire. Oh, man.
0: And he's just like, Sue, try again. Try again, Sue. And he has just single-handedly destroyed everything they need to resurrect somebody. And he's like, please try again. try. Oh, man, that was heartbreaking. Which...
1: Yeah, and the, and the final page of that trade is him like under a bridge, just holding what's left of his straw yeah. wife,
0: Ugh. Just,
1: like looking like he just is a lunatic now. Mm-hmm. Like he's lost, he snapped, and of course you would after a scenario like that. Good grief, that was amazing. Which
0: that was, that so was some
2: of my favorite back matter. There was when towards the end of this volume, where they talk about how they're not going over every single. Point in the story, like to get for the characters to get to point A to point B, they're just going over basic goals that they want to achieve in each issue. So, you know, uh, so maybe Mark, I think Mark Wade was writing this particular storyline at the time, but they're like uh, by the end of, by the end of the issue, basically, elongated man needs to be you know cradling his wife because maybe she started to come back to life or whatever. But like they didn't go over the fact that Mark Wade was going to draw like like write in a straw version of sue Dibney and like just it freaked so it freaked all the other writers out as much as it freaked like the reading public out <laughs> to see this straw person with sue's face it was it was that was some of the best back matter because at that point they're just writing to just n- knock the pants off of each other too
1: mm-hmm. and th- and I still just i just can't get over i mean. Reading Mark Wade joking about how he joked with Greg Rucka and it, Morrison. I'm like, God, what? I know. <laughs> it's, like, what era in that room? did we miss and did we ruin? You know, that'll never happen again. And I just can't get
2: over it still. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Because, like, Rucka doesn't really do DC. At least, I don't know if he's on bad terms or he's just not doing anything with them right now. But Mark Wade is definitely kind of shaky
1: yeah he might' he'll probably never come back as long as the boss is there, but mm, I mean, he's going to be grief. there forever. Good grief.
2: It's just what the writing I, and, and just the, the like i'm the the journey that this these books take you on is just incredible. like the it, it, I don't know. it's just fantastic stuff, fantastic.
1: can you imagine can you imagine a world where people do their own personal reflection? They, they change their minds and another crisis happens and they sign Mark Waite and Chris Somney to do Superman starting with a oh, new number one.
0: And all of a sudden you've, you're a toted Superman fan and you can't stop handing Superman to people? What a world that would be. I can't even, I don't even want to think about it
1: anymore.
2: I'm going to get some, some cold package of peas. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and it's so... I mean, this is the 52 was the debut of Batwoman. Cassie mm. Kane, or I don't know what her name is. Kane, Barbara Kane. No?
1: Yeah, the, I actually couldn't remember because I never really read Batwoman. But in the story, it makes you think that Catherine yeah. Kane, former lover of um, Renee Montoya, is Batwoman. But I think that's a red herring. I think. Uh, I don't think it is. I think that's her. Okay, because I remember at one point, I think, maybe maybe the character, I flipped through a book of Batwoman, and she had different colored hair. Like, the red is a wig, and maybe Kathy Kane also was wearing a red mm. wig, and that was just to throw people off. I don't know, but that scene where she shows up, and with Renee there, and Renee is in awe of Batwoman in all her glory, it was so amazing. Yeah, so because, good. and then she put like, two,
2: like, two and two together. That she's pretty sure it was Catherine Kane. Are we saying her name? Catherine Kane? Is that her
0: name? I think her is name is Cassandra Kane? Kane. That's or it. Or is that Batgirl?
1: Cassandra Kane is, is that other Batgirl. So there are Cassandra two Kane. Bat women Kane with last with name Kane? Yeah, and that's the one with that showed up in No Man's Land.
2: What are we doing right now?
0: with a K is Bat. Man, there is a Batgirl, Batwoman fan out there that it just thinks we're the biggest idiots on the planet for not getting this right. They're not listening to this, Gen Z. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they are not right? listening to
1: this. They heard your review of Grant Morrison Multiversity and they jumped off a bridge.
0: <laughs> I just said it wasn't for me, that's all.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, the Renee Montoya stuff, I, I I can't remember. Someone told me that she eventually became the question. Like, it's like we asked in the Gotham Central episode, like, what happened to her? And someone said she became the question. I was like, oh, that sounds mm-hmm. dumb. But, you know, this is obviously building to that. And the build is hugely enjoyable.
2: The And the premiere of the... I was fascinated, and I still am, with the the Chinese superheroes with their, like, majestic superhero names. I mm-hmm.
0: is that the majestic general in iron? Yeah, like August like
2: General in iron, and uh, yeah, that's it. Flawless doctor, and, and these, and they refer to themselves in these in these like weird third persony kind of. Oh man, I love it's just every storyline about these nobodies, you know, in quotes because, but it's just mm-hmm. it's all great comic book storytelling. The Black Adam uh, storyline
1: with that um offering that was made to him now, I just realized what it was it reminded me of the Kingpin uh, Vanessa storyline in Daredevil mm. a little bit. Flex. Yeah the <laughs> the the T V <laughs> series on Netflix. Um, but I, I I did enjoy that one very much too as well. I can't think of a story that I just didn't gel with. They all were really good.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm re flipping through now but Oof, man. Oof. The uh, I I really f- love the Animal Man, Starfire, Adam Strange Journey. Like Ad- Animal Man's just out there with these <laughs> with the other these other space heads, you know what I mean? He, they're like total they belong out in space, but Animal Man's just this B level kind of Streetwise character that could absorb animal powers, but he's out in space too. I really love that, and then the journey, the journey they end up going on is really cool too. the The two page spread of their
1: traversing that teleportation area was was really good, and she just showed how chaotic it was going through the the Adam Strange portal. Adam Str- that actually Adam Strange showed up in the Saga of the Swamp thing with Alan Moore. Oh, cool, and his storyline. That was the first time I think I ever read anything Adam Strange. It was really great.
2: I love this. What's um, made me love Alan Scott Green Lantern so much? That's what made me like the GSA because of this. I just thought his his um, role in this story, where he's right now he's just working in the uh, the hospital trying to revive the the uh, superheroes that fell out of space, and and Hulk Girl is like. 25 feet tall and they're trying to figure out what to do with her. But I, I, he's, that's the most, I mean, this is, it's really is like a baptism by fire because you're just throwing yourself at these DC folks who you know nothing about and you, you eventually mm-hmm. grow to love them all. It's its re- 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 really remarkable.
1: Yeah. Didn't expect it.
2: I'm so very happy to hear that, uh, you guys liked it slim loved it i, w- I was i was very curious i because i was just because i knew what we were getting into and but you can't deny that <laughs> that writing power you can't do it you can't deny it no it's like the beatles or comic books my only concern my my biggest concern was if you did love it where does that put the priorities for the next three because we can't do them too far out because we we will forget
1: yeah yeah, I don't know have to figure that
2: out. It's a good question.
1: Well, maybe we'll talk about it on the fireside and where we talk about the future of the show. Of the show. <laughs> the fifty-two volume one.
0: We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to, to you. Ooh. Letters
1: at com. You write us a letter, we might read it on the era.
0: Our first letter comes to us from dear friend of the show, Gary Anchetta. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, he writes in regards to the New Frontier. Uh, new Frontier is such a great work. What I love most about it is that each issue really felt like a different genre that was popular at that time in between the end of comics, in parentheses, the Golden Age heroes, and the beginning of Silver Age comics with the Silver Age superheroes. So you would have noir stories like the uh, the Batman investigation, the war stories like Hal Jordan saying, make war no more, as part of a famous Robert Kaniger story. The monster stories, the whole story of Dinosaur Island in the center, or romance comics, which the Flash story is a definite shout-out to those types of comics, or science fiction, like the Challenger stuff that verges into sounding like... Uh, Kerou- Kerouac. I don't know. Kerouac. Man, I'm such a dummy. You're not! That took off each box that influenced and creates a silver age. The real trick is to see who Darwin Cook dedicates the individual issues to, because he thanks creators who he homages in the book. Darwin Cook envisioned this as the second part of a trilogy. Uh, a second part of a trilogy of miniseries, Kingdom Come is the last part of the trilogy, and James Robinson's Golden Age is the first part of the trilogy. I didn't, I didn't know that. I would like to suggest that that book is a book club recommendation. It plays the same tricks Darwin Cook's New Frontier by ending character stories as their titles are being canceled. And it runs somewhat concurrently to the New Frontier and that final end notes of Golden Age run directly into the opening events of New Frontier. Darwin designed it that way as a nod to the original pitch for New Frontier, which was a retelling of Justice League number 144, The Origin of the Justice League Minus One. Also, picking up if you're interested in what the story was based off of from Gary and Chetta. fantastic letter. Um, we did do the Golden Age as a book
2: club when Mark was still around um, Mark who, I did not know that Golden Age was so i guess integral but also stands on its own in this trilogy, the so called trilogy, and that the that the uh, the characters Ends were coincided with their the years when they were canceled. That's pretty cool little trivia. I didn't know that.
1: I don't remember what we thought of Golden Age, or what I thought of Golden Age, rather. Probably I feel like hated that was. Pro- yeah, we may play.
2: have. I think it. Yeah, I don't remember. I f- Mark's back was probably against the wall. Who knows? With us attacking him. <laughs> my,
0: my review of Golden Age is probably concurrent to his review of Skull Kickers. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember the. Uh, <laughs> When, I was, when Jonesy was reading
2: that line about the Flash in a romance story when the Flash came in to save his wife at the Vegas when she was in Vegas and he says, oh, uh, I yeah. steal some yeah. sugar before I get going. Oh, man. So, I wanted to high-five Flash. for that. That was a great steal scene. Steal some sugar. Next up is from friend of the show and uh, Jonesy's conversational partner at the comic book store at Joker's <laughs> Asylum. Paper keg gents, after hearing my most recent letter on the air, I wanted to clarify that GCPD was, in fact, Gotham Central by Rucka and Rubaker. I must have subconsciously added the PD. My error. Please accept my deepest apologies. Also, Gotham Central was anti-flaccid material. I don't want you to think I was speaking negatively about those wonderful books. anti
1: Huge clarification. Yes, that's a bit <laughs> very, very
2: bad. Close out this letter. Here's a quick question. What is your guy's ritual of favorite setting for when you read comics? I like to have a nice cup of coffee and relax on the couch, secretly praying that my six-month-old doesn't wake up. Thanks for all you do at Joker's Asylum on the Twitter. Favorite settings. Jonesy's uh, wrapped up in his half-double design. Afghan. Mm
0: yeah Ch- vanilla chai latte in his community cup
2: his community I cup have f- that
0: electronic uh lounger I- in the most horizontal status that I can put it my favorite setting is usually
2: uh, you know iPad taped to my steering wheel as I drive home the night <laughs> 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 the night
0: we record
2: after work <laughs> no I usually read at <laughs> bed definitely uh, no I can't say I don't want to say that. I can't read in bed because I will fall asleep. So if say we record on a Thursday night for example, on Tuesday I'll try to read the book club and pass out in bed, but my my most frequent <laughs> setting is the Wednesday the night before I force myself to stay out in the living room, lamp directly on my comics, uh tea or coffee in hand and I'm just banging that sucker out, occasionally checking Twitter. You know, some TV on in the background. All's quiet in the underscore household as I do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Anytime I do the book club, it's usually on the train with Spotify. Mm-hmm. But if it's, you know, if it's something more personal, like Fear Agent, which I think I'm due for a reread this year, you know, it's The National on my headphones, and it's just glorious. Wreck. Laying Are you couch.
0: clothed during this reread? <laughs> I
1: am fully clothed, uh, Lying on the couch. Usually, I don't, I don't. I haven't read in bed lately. Usually, my wife is constantly reading. She'll read on the couch. She'll read in bed. I come in there after the show. She's got the big old bright tablet light on her face, reading who knows what. Calling you a dummy as you saunter in. Hey, dummy. Usually, she calls you. She she goes well, well, well. That's what that's what her go to line is when I stroll when I waddle in there. <laughs> But generally, train ride anymore. Train last minute train ride in the quiet car.
2: What's your data plan looking like over there? I mean, you are streaming. You are streaming music <laughs> every day on the train. I, I I stream music, but I also download it for
1: oh, offline use. Good. So it depends on what kind of mood I am in. If I if I am in for a specific album, although my data plan is actually. It's like fifteen gigs across oh. three lines, and then whatever we don't use is moved wow. to the next month, but not oh, move further than that. So, yeah, we're, we're in a great place right that's now. I am glad, glad to hear.
2: <laughs> that was it. That's the letters.
1: That's
0: it. Oh, that, that was a wonderful, letter.
2: wonderful
1: letter. Yeah, by Joe. Thanks, Joe. How about great Gary uh, becoming the go-to
0: historian, the letter historian? Yeah. I I think the intern might be needing to step really up here. Really showing up, Matt Triple H. Matt Triple H is like to call.
1: You know, it reminds me. Um, I think we need to start planning our wrestling outing in Rahway, New oh, Jersey. Yes.
0: let mm. Let's do it. boys' night out. Popcorn. I don't know why I said the word popcorn. I think Maybe they have popcorn. Who knows? There, that's what I'm thinking.
1: Rahway, New Jersey. We all get lucha masks. We all wear them to
2: the show. You already have one. I mean, we just I do. You know, Dale and I need to get one. Do you? Do you need to size yourself up, or do you just assume? Um, it's a good
1: question because mine is a little snug, and I have a big head. But you can tie it. It's got like tie oh, yeah. down the back. Can tighten yeah, it up. Great oh. night. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great evening for all involved. Front row seats. Yelling at the wrestlers. Dale getting into it. Trying to incite a riot with some people, probably. Throwing his new bounces into the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, episode 200, Baltimore. See everybody next week.
0: A man from Oklahoma.
1: So, Jonesy, you just finished Daredevil.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Did you finish it, Slim? Did you finish?
1: No, I'm up to episode eight, and I think Amanda's officially tagged out of Daredevil. Wow. Oh, she said, and I quote, "I'm done with Daredevil." It's f- pretty, <laughs> cool. pretty official.
0: Unfortunate. <laughs> Doesn't that get more official than that. Unfortunate. The stick.
1: I... The stick episode, I think, was was the nail in the coffin for her. Okay. guess that happens To the best of us I mean nothing happened If I I don't know what happened in that
0: episode I can tell you if you don't mind some minor spoilers Well I know I, I've seen the episode I've seen the episode after that But are you are you asking what, it,
1: what the no, importance I, I, was? I mean in terms of the, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot The structure of the show is It's not a season It's it's a story, and it's like a 12-part ep- mm-hmm. thing. There's no just, like, single episodes. You can't
0: just, like, it. it's, it's hard to view the show as, like, episodic, because it's not. No, it, it is really 12 parts of a single story, and I think that's episode seven, which is about the halfway point. Yeah. And I, it definitely takes a breath and sets up a lot of groundwork for both Iron Fist and The Defenders. In that, like, if you, and Dale, I'm not going to spoil it for you. If you pay attention to the symbol that's on the heroin packet, and if you give a good thought of who that older Chinese woman really is, if you remember Matt Fraction's and Brubaker's Iron Fist run, Mm -hmm. it'll make a lot more sense as to what sticks. war is. And what we're going to get out of the Iron Fist series. So that's, it's definitely a deep breath that tries to lay some groundwork for what you're going to see from future Netflix shows. I, I don't know if I like that, though. I don't know if you can do that in a television series
1: that, for a television series that is in, uh, arguably three years away. Is I, it three I, years I, it, away? Maybe, I thought it was. Well, I don't think The Defenders is happening in the next three years. I know Jessica well, Jones is probably starting soon to film. I
0: think Alias is going to debut next year, and I think Iron Fist is going to be in that same year. But I, I think they're banking on that the way we consume television now is before Jessica Jones. I guarantee you, a lot of the viewing public is going to watch Daredevil again. If, I, yeah, probably. I, I feel like it works in comics, but I don't know if it works in TV yet. But
1: I saw them like do the kind of cutting corners thing for a 15-minute episode where, I mean, there was a Ben Yurick conversation with Karen Page that, no lie, was probably 10 minutes in a car. Yeah, in any kind of regular television series, it would have lasted two and a half minutes.
0: I I would say that they go into the moral battle of reporting in general way too often in the series, as if that was the thing we cared about was reporting things in a you know a series about a superhero who you know smashes people's face with a billy club. But I will say, and, and I don't, I'm not encouraging Amanda to get back on board if that's sure. her deal. That's fine. But once you start episode 10, you can't stop until you watch the end of episode 13. It's that like it's that bombastic from 10 to 13. Like everything just snaps into place, and you're just waiting for everything to fall, like fall you know can come together. Yeah, rather.
1: I will say that some of this stuff is really well done in long form. Like they can put 10 minutes into a scene that anywhere else you wouldn't be able to. like the like the Kingpin stuff is very long. And drawn out and it's really cool but it's, it's i feel like that episode was the first time they could have had someone be like this scene just is way too long we gotta add something else into this episode well and i it, think it's happened a few times like foggy is in some really eye-gouging uh, scenes with with karen like i want to strangle him to death like you're awful yeah Get he,
0: here. he's by far the weakest link of that show uh, but I think Stick is episode seven. Episode eight, Shadows and Glass, is by far my favorite episode. That was and the kingpin that, one. I that think. is the kingpin episode of the whole yeah. arc, and it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And his whole story, and and kind of like I even like the fact that they source why he doesn't talk right because he spent so much time in Asia, that's and weird. that's why you kind of well that's not a spoiler, <laughs> and while while he like he talks very like formally and you know, almost stunted. And at first you're like, why has he decided to make that choice? And then he says in this episode, you know, I spent so much of my formative years in Asia that I can't not do it. I mean, that's like, you would never get that in a a network version of this show. It just wouldn't feel the need to be touched on. But this was so nuanced that you have to sit through this, you know, the chafe to get to the good stuff. So, I don't want to, and I, I feel like I'm tiptoeing around it so I don't want to spoil for you. Dale. You're on episode 3, mm-hmm. right? I finished episode 5 last night. <clears throat> okay. And episode 5 was which remind me which one? What happens? Uh, oh three? man. The Russians are basically no more. Oh, is that where the oh, uh, I don't want to say it in case it's episode 6, but is Daredevil in any hairy situations where buildings might be burning? Yeah, he's about to be apprehended.
1: I think oh, okay. that episode
2: ends with yeah the cops and there's yeah, definitely buildings burning all over the city and his lady. And, uh, I will tell you his art great artist uh, lady it, is way into it.
0: Oh yeah, she's totally hot for to you know crime lord to just whisk her away. But how great is Rosario Dawson in this series?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, she's she, yeah, she's awesome. Go ahead. She's awesome in it. I uh, I like
2: her character. I like how, I don't know, I just, there's something like, I don't want to use the word gritty, it seems too tropey, but she's like gritty. <laughs> she's like willing to, I don't know, be that character. But she's still like into into Matt.
0: But she also oh, yeah. doesn't, now she... I, I'm sure the shipping out there is out of control. Yeah. Shipping. I will say, I like, you know, as opposed to the Affleck Daredevil, where... The whole movie was about his point of view, like it is radar sense. I like how much they don't tell you about it by just doing like other characters' reactions.
1: Really really odd.
0: Yeah, I I liked it because, and and Claire, the Claire scene reminded me where he's like, you know, you just opened Mm -hmm. up a wound on your back, and she's like, how could you possibly know that? And he's like, I can taste the copper in your blood in the air. And so instead of us getting like a shot, of, like, a scent trail going up in his vision, we just get a line of dialogue, and I think that makes it so much better than a special effect yeah. mm-hmm. to the you know, telling the same thing.
1: I remember that in the first episode because they didn't even give any inclination that it was a superhero power, it's just that his sense, yeah, yeah, changed. exactly.
2: It doesn't, it do, he never even speculates, well, not that I've seen that. He has superhuman, heightened sentence, sense senses.
0: I do mm-hmm. yeah, much like uh, in the the comic, the man, uh, you know, the man without fear, the Frank Miller Ramita book. Um, in the stick episode, it references the comic directly, mm-hmm. where he says, "Like this is something anybody can do with enough training. You just got the world's fastest shortcut to it." So I, I think that even Matt doesn't consider it superhuman. Mm-hmm.
2: I do like when he was in the uh, precinct to, you know, dig up that old paperwork on that slumlord. But I I like when he's, like, tuning into conversations, his face, when he's, like, switching Mm. frequencies you could see in his head. The end of that, but, like, to see that transpire with the cops and stuff was, like, pooped pants. I was like, they really put thought into Wilson Fisk like in and with the Russians like the you know that how that all goes down preemptively it's like holy crap mm-hmm. Christos Gage is like super writer on that and I, I don't know if that's his
0: yeah he's credited yeah. every episode guy that guy is he so really good is. I remember
1: his his X-Men Legacy Rogue book was one of my favorite yeah. X-Men books and during the tail end of that
2: he's Avengers impressive. Academy was really great really really great and I think maybe a Spider Man book? I don't know, but. I, I didn't know what I wanted to. After watching, like, last night's episodes, I watched th- four or five. I was like, I don't know what I want f- to read first Daredevil or Christos
0: Gage books. Hmm. Surprising no one. I went back and read the entire Bendis Maliev run. When? <laughs> when I should have been reading DC. <laughs> Actually, um,.
1: I follow him on in Tumblr and there was like a spoiler piece of art that he did for the end of the show that he tumblr That was actually really nice, but I wish I had seen it. No, uh, Maliv um, did a piece of oh, artwork for okay. the show like in the storyline.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great too.
1: And I think I saw that like after episode three and I was like, thanks.
0: Mm, sucks. <laughs> I mean,
1: it's obvious like what it is about, but I just don't want to see it so great though so far I'm
2: loving it a lot
1: I don't even know if we have time to talk about the you know proposed plans for the future of the show an hour and six minutes right now
0: Now, real quick just give us a quick sum (laughs) what do we we to expect since I don't even know as a listener I mean it was just an idea that
1: I've been percolating with for a while for since the beginning of the show (laughs) ending it ending it (laughs) (laughs) the end no the the book club is the title of the episode, but we don't start the book club until halfway through the show. So I proposed, a th- it, you know, open ended brainstorm with Dale and G Chat, hmm. and that we move the book club to the front of the show, closer to the front at least, and okay. then move book talk maybe into the fireside, and then he, um, Canner, Canner offered removing the lightning round while keeping the books the round table comic chat in the beginning and then just removing the lightning round
0: wouldn't it um, uh, all right uh, i guess do i have uh, the ability to you can, end certainly, this conversation? you can certainly speak i'm not sure how how uh, <laughs> i mean am i go, am i officially talking at the wind at this point i mean i'm always listening <laughs> I'm always listening. I, I think you guys should just decide what's best and then just give me a holler because I'll go with majority. But the reason, the
1: reason I, again, brought it up was 201 could be, you know, fresh starting point. We could try out the new format from there.
0: I'm not there, I'm
1: not there to ruin it. Do nothing.
2: I mean, it's, it's our show. We can do what we want with it, certainly. So if, we, if it doesn't work, we go, we go back or whatever. But my feelings on the subject would be You know, the the book club is like the grand finale, right? That's what you stick around for. So, like, would listeners stick around for the roundtable? Or should we, I mean, do we just eventually phase out the
0: roundtable? Because I wonder how much of our listening audience fast forwards to that part anyway.
1: Sure, that's yeah. that was one of my questions. I wonder how many people tune into the show and then don't stay. Because we're not talking about the title of the show.
0: I here's here's what how I picture it. I think people listen to our banter, and then as soon as we like let's talk about the books we read, they might slide just to the book club,
2: right? So, but mm. right, which which is f- fine. <laughs> it's fine.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> God, I, I didn't mean to shatter
2: your. No, I was like mid thought, trying to get words out at the same time. I I just. It's it's per it's super personal, super hypocrite, like not hypocritical, but it's super, like about me. But if if like if Paper Keg just turned into a book club show, it would be fine. I would just never read comics. I would read book, cl- you know,
0: book club. Books. And did a, a huge weight just come off your shoulders when you said that. Well, no, it's like did I'm conflicted internally because it time? would be
2: good and bad. <laughs> That's all. Or maybe, maybe you would
1: free up time to read more of what you'd want to read no no
2: maybe you'd no. see i would out i things. would I would commit the same amount of time just doing book clubs the night before or the ride home which i mean it, but no it's you know but I am curious i mean we only the problem is it's like peop only so many people interact with us, and we know there are more people out there that listen that don't interact. I I do, I am curious, like you said, I hadn't thought about how many people just go right to the book club because that's what, I know for a fact that Don Garvey has done that previous because he doesn't want the weekly book spoiled.
1: hmm. I mean, point taken. Yeah, like if, if there was a movie podcast and the title of the show was, you know, Jack Reacher and then they spent the first half hour talking about... T- movies they watch on tv i probably fast forward through that
0: i don't know well i mean to your point then it makes a lot of sense to open do introductions book club and then talk about what we want in the fireside. you know introductions book club letters we could also and,
1: do a vote we could do another uh, survey
0: but uh, but we
2: counterpoint point counterpoint um Paper Keg was formed originally with four segments. We just ha- happened to start calling the episode title the name of the book club. Like, but our mission statement was segments. It wasn't about the book club, but so the title of the show is driving... The discussion. The discussion, the content.
0: Which, I mean, mm-hmm. you know... Is it also driving downloads?
1: yeah,
2: yeah probably. probably
0: is you know what i mean like if nobody nobody gives a rat test about 52 how many people pass but mm-hmm. they really want to hear baltimore so they right I mean, they would they'd probably never hear what we talked
1: about well if we didn't even do a round table before yeah. it, so it doesn't matter it's,
0: it's just uh, it's
2: so so many variables you know let's just do book club screw it
0: I will not read weekly comics. Well, I mean, hold on. Let me let me play devil's advocate to your point-counterpoint here. I mean, having shorter episodes is something we've talked about for a while. And maybe let's try the book club style and still keep our trappings. And if it turns out to be a quicker episode, I think that's a plus. I think people want to consume... Uh, our podcast shorter than an hour and 15 minutes, and this might be the opportunity to see if that works for us too. We still have some time to think about it. Taylor, you just looked at me like I was the, like a terrorist <laughs> that had come into your house and slapped your children while they slept. I mean, it was Leamest just a suggestion. Ever. I don't know, Jonesy. I just, you know, it was uh, the discussion was going fine until you started throwing in the towel
2: over there. You're like uh, Burgess Meredith. <laughs> what towel did I throw in? <laughs> you just, I, you just, you know, you're like, let's do shorter. That's fine. Let's, let's just stop. sleep on it.
1: We'll sleep on it. We have three days to and, think about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah,
2: three exactly. And 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 I'm not. It's just more the question of the unknown. I'm not opposed to anything. I mean, if, if we end up just doing a mm-hmm. book club, then, then maybe that's the, it's just the conflict of it all. Like, the unknown is what, it It more or less, like, keeps my mind on trying to figure out what I will never be able to figure out. It's It's more of that apprehension and not the fact that we're losing segments to the show that people may or may not care about, you know?
0: Well, I uh, as far as apprehension, I see your point, but you know it, it comes to the fact that we've been doing this how many years? Four years? Has it been almost four feels, years since Paperbacks? Like it could there? be a decade. Uh, uh, let's so just end the shelf.
2: It's been a decade. Yeah, yeah. Two oh <laughs> two hundred. <laughs>
0: Do you feel better now that you've said that? Like you got get of
1: paper keg. I mean, before the show, Dale was ready to hang it all up. I you was. You were. You aghast. were dancing around. It, Dale. I was aghast by some of Dale's opinions before the sh- before this episode started recording. Just
0: pre-show chitters. It was like you you were in a dance marathon and you were just ready to sit in a chair. You didn't want to be the last <laughs> guy standing. You were just ready for that music to end. But look, we have a we have a great family that we've cultivated here. A lot of friends that uh, share this with us as opposed to just listen to us. And I don't think either of us or all of us will be upset that those people were still around and we just did a, a different kind of show. I mean, it's not even really a different kind of
1: show. It's the same show, just arranged differently. We'd still have the banter, mm-hmm. banter segment, where we make fun of Jonesy, the Jonesy Make Fun segment, <laughs> and then we talk about a book club. Yeah, you know,
0: let, let's let's end it. <laughs> and <I> then mean, <laughs> what are we even doing here? No,
2: you know what? You're right. You're
0: Jonesy right. Make really Fun like...
1: segment, book club, <laughs> letters... And then whatever we want in the fireside.
0: I mean, how many times in the fireside have we said, hey, what else did you read this week anyway? And, and then, then I'd be like, I didn't X-Men read anything. Time. I only read what was required of me of the show. <laughs> That's the Dale Bear Minimum segment. We'll Just all all I'm saying, sleep on it. You know, three
1: days. We'll reconvene mm-hmm. for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Refreshed. And we'll have a kickstart. Everyone should have a kickstart Mountain Dew in front of them for episode. We're gonna 200.
2: need it. because that's like thirteen episodes of ba- issues of Baltimore each night until we record. Oh, <laughs> God, this it's devil just, show. Let's just uh, let's end it before Baltimore.